Bruising Banner Podcast. Banner Podcast. Bruising Banner Podcast. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to Bruising Banner Podcast. I am your host, Rob G. And with me, as always, is the legendary Brew Crew. What up, fellas? I got water, I got, you know, juice or whatever. He's like, y'all need twin legs? <laughs> as a matter of fact, I do. to everybody is, does Delaware have an actual culture? This is the podcast that we talk about beer, but we also talk about a lot of things that's happening in the world. Politics, movies, anything really that comes to our mind while we're here. Sampling these brews. Grab a drink and pull up a chair. <laughs> Because it was called movie, movie. Hey Rob, yeah. I don't know. Can you can you run that banner at the uh, the bottom, the the Delaware Beer Fest banner at the bottom with the brew crew code, uh, brew crew code at the bottom? I probably could have. <laughs> All right, I go live. It won't let you. We are live. Now. <laughs> uh, uh, we got the Delaware Beer Fest coming up next week, October the 9th. For your co-host. Promo code will give you a discount. There you on go. The banner are the co-host of this event. That's we'll right. See you on Saturday if you. I think it's only seventy-five. T- it was seventy-five tickets up of Thursday yeah. that was left. Yeah. I don't know how many yeah. now. Seventy-five tickets left. Woo! That means it's only fifty-six tickets left. Yeah. All right. What up? What up? What up? Welcome to Bruising Banter Podcast, where the topic is the rocket and the brew. Will that be the fuel? And I'm your host, Rob G. And with me, as always, the legendary Brew Crew. What's going on, fellas? Hey, hey, Hi. hey. How y'all doing? What is going on, everyone? Everything is good. Everything is great. It's another uh, beautiful it's day. Difficulties on my side. Am I having the technical difficulties? No. Nah, you sound fine. sound fine. No? Okay. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, y'all good. starting to freeze up on me. I'm parking lot, I don't know how long I'm going to make it. Uh, so, so it might be your joint that is, is a little... Little rack rack, I guess. I don't know. You know, can, something yeah. it, it reminded me of that one episode when um the real L Sharpton remember with what was he sitting in like a Lincoln Navigator with the roof above him? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you yeah, look yeah, real, yeah, you yeah. look real uh you look real uh presidential today, Lou. Your scenery, your background changed. It could be parking lot <laughs> pimping. I appreciate you. I'm on location. <laughs> You're on location. I'm on location. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um this is episode <laughs> one. 37 a bruising banter podcast uh that sounds right i'm pretty sure yeah, 137 uh and we do have uh some great guests with us today we have the creative team behind the documentary one pint at a time mm-hmm. so without further ado i want to bring in aaron and brigitte brigitte jose Welcome, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for, Thanks for coming on. Us. We appreciate oh, it. Anytime, anytime on a Sunday. Pouring yeah, up, thank right? Thank you very much for coming Pouring on. Pouring up on thank a you Sunday. Yeah. Um, before we uh, get into it, we always like to know what everybody is drinking. So, we, so, what are we drinking today? 
And since uh, you are our guest, we will ask you, what are you drinking today? So we're having Alice from Ooh. Green Finch. Okay. Ooh. Like his signature food or fermented, you know, sour. Nice. It's, it's just, it's incredible. Uh, I didn't get to try that, but I had it's green Finch. Sour ale, food or fermented in our house. Mixed culture and aged in wine barrels. Mm. And it's blend number one. Is it that 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 wasn't poured at um at, at barrels and flow? Was it? Yes. Yes. It yes. was. It was. Okay. All right. Okay. I wasn't sure. Did, I tasted the bring, other. He did bring Alice with him. He yeah. did. Okay. Okay. What's the ABV? Five and a half. Nice. It's Sunday, like man. I can't go too high today. <laughs> it's all gravy. What's the pour? What's the color? Show us the. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's nice. That's nice. Nice sour. That's nice. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, it cheers. is For sure. Any any more uh, prominent uh, flavors, one more than the other, what you taste? I, I couldn't say. <laughs> goodness. Goodness. It's all goodness. I do like it. That's it. It's just good. It's just refreshing. Good. Refreshing. <laughs> Good, good, That's good. all that matters. Yeah. I just like it. Yeah, we, yes, we don't, we don't sure. always drink flavors like you guys do. Yeah, right. Hey, we just, we just like it. Makes you feel good. Not smooth, thick, not thick, silky. It's going down. Yeah. Right, there you go. There it is. Sure, sure. For me, the like higher that. the gravity, the better. So that's all. Mm-hmm. That's my, my thing. Oh, all right. Um, that's like Devin. Yeah. But not today. Not today. But not today. <laughs> not today. <laughs> so we, better, to do. <laughs> we, we always rate our beers. Pass me another if you really like it. We like uh, have just one if if it's kosher and leave it in the cooler if uh, if it's not your style. So how would you rate that Green Bench? Uh, Alice. Sour beer. Alice. It's amazing. I mean, if it's amazing. If I, pass me another. Yeah. If if I could do like a star rating, it would be four point nine five out of five. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We don't do star ratings. No, no. Pass me another. I'll have this one or keep it in the cooler. <laughs> Thank you, Lou. Pass him another one. Hey, pass, pass him another. Twice. Good, good. There it is. Good, good. It looks. It sounds. Sounds delicious. Yeah. It is. All right, Dev. What are you drinking on? I'm also <laughs> drinking um, in a, a uh, barrels of flow already. Beer. This is their. This is a collaboration from the Harlem Brew South and Evergreen Brewing, uh, 1946. This is a lager with orange peel. It's one of the best um, we had at that event. You did, yeah. I, this was this was also you know in the in the pack, um, but I only scored one can of it. I didn't get to taste this at um, at uh, Flow Fest. So this is my first time um, cracking the can, and I think that was the first beer we tasted at Flow Fest when we got there. This one, and this is four. Yeah. So uh, this, um, I think, still traditional, um, you know, lager. Uh, I don't think I can really taste the orange peel kind of like jump at me more. I think on the back end, I think maybe is where I taste the maybe some orange, but on the front. Oh, yeah, I noticed that a lot with lo- with loggers. If they put like any type of fruit in a logger, it's always on the the back end. It's yeah. never like at the forefront. It's yeah. hard. It's even hard to. Can you smell it? Sometimes uh, it's not even in the nose. Question. 
A little, little bit, not too much, not too yeah, much. Yeah, it's always subtle. And this is uh this is again, this is the can, but uh, this is a five point two percent ABV, and it just has some uh, the significance of nineteen forty six uh, is a tribute to more than ten thousand courageous black leaf tobacco workers in eastern North Carolina who cast their first vote in Operation Dixie for better working conditions and better pay, a precursor to the civil rights movement. Harlem Bruce South is located in that historic tobacco warehouse. If you guys didn't know, that's the uh, Celeste building that she uh, constructed. Yeah. Um, shout out to shout out to Celeste, and this is definitely a pass for me. Yeah, that's worth it. I love because he sounded like he wasn't confident. He was like, uh, so, <laughs> he went, his voice went lower and lower as he got Did it. <laughs> me, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like you wasn't sure, right? Oh, Lou, okay. Lou, what you drinking on? <laughs> uh, my my uh, my uh, beverage comes from Florida. Um, it is a uh, orange juice, green in oh. color. It is um, <laughs> Tropicana. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Uh, it, 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 it has a fire, it has a fire, it has a fireball on it, and it is an ABV of zero point zero. Good old Gatorade. <laughs> All right, yeah. I said I'm on location. There's no way I could drink beer and coach a basketball game. I, I hear you. Responsible of me. <laughs> I, I mean, you could, you could. Right. But I, I want the kids to respect me afterwards, and I don't want to. You know, how I like to get technicals, Yoda. I want to be sober when I get my technicals. Not <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched the movie I'm where a, there was I'm an alcoholic zero, uh, zero. basketball coach. Uh, coach. I think Ben Affleck played the uh, character. I can't remember what it was called. It was a good movie though. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, how, how far before I, before you jump? How far is the the tournament away? Like in hours or? Uh, it's in Downingtown, Downingtown, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. So it's like an hour from Three twenty two. Headed yeah, up. To yeah. Yep, right, right off of three twenty two. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. But yeah, we want we want it out for the morning. Good, good. Let's get that win. That's what we want, Bear. Uh, you can grab your beer after your win. Yeah, have have that beer. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna grab I'm gonna grab me I'm gonna grab me and all the kids a beer. Oh, oh, all right. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Well, okay. Hey. Oh, hey, hey, that was Luke no, no, Belton. That's right. Get him some root beer. There you go. Yeah. 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 I'm going to figure out a way for you to play that every week from now on, Rob. You got to play that every week from now on. Yeah. Oh, that was horrible. Sure. Uh, all right. Uh, yo, what yeah. you drinking on? What I'm drinking is. One of these weird ass sours, oh. uh, Warhead Jones, mm. from uh, Artisanal Brewing, or is it Brewing? Oh, Brew Works from uh, somewhere in New York, right? Uh-huh. Where are they from? Saratoga Springs, New York. I knew it. Was oh yeah, New York. okay. Yeah. It's a um, a five percent sour ale, as you can see. Look at that okay. can, and we, I haven't even tasted it yet, mm-hmm. but. The green of the uh, look at that shit. Oh, look at that! Nah, that I, I don't is, know. That's, that looked like Gatorade. That looked like this Gatorade. <laughs> oh, by the way, before you even mention start, start Yoda. Uh, my Gatorade is definitely a pass me another. I just wanted. To oh, okay. nobody care about that hot ass Gatorade on an eighty degree day. <laughs> it's not hot. It's definitely not hot. It's not it's hot. Look like it's, it's cold. It's plus here today. It's at the end of it, but it's still it's still refreshing. It's still refreshing. Mm, gotcha. What's it taste uh, like, Yoda? Like Gatorade. 
Yeah, it really does taste like a Gatorade, though. But you can taste the um, it does taste sour, like a hint of the sour apple, but it tastes like sour apple candy. Mm. But it's not really as um as uh sour as I thought it was going to be. As a warhead, being a warhead, yeah. Mm -hmm. I had the other ones, and I didn't like you. Kind of, this is all right. Out of the four of us, you kind of the kind of kind of sort of warhead flavored beers. They, They ever have the hot flavors? Remember uh, Warheads was sour and they were hot. Remember that? Back yeah. in the day, the candy was hot and sour. Yeah. They don't have no sour, heads. no hot. You haven't, seen, heads, you haven't seen them? Yeah, I haven't There's seen any that, hot ones. That's why, they, this, that's why I got the explosion, because it was no, hot. man, because it was extra no, sour. because the extra that's sour. Was explosion. That was the explosion. I'm going. I'm man, you're talking about some fireballs. They did make like a hot sour candy. I think they did. Man, I don't remember no hot and spicy. I mean, it might have made a hot, hot one, but the the sour, the head explosion was for the extreme. Yeah, yeah, that's the original like logo of it. Yeah, um, but that, I would say I would just drink one of these only because one. it's weird. Okay, okay. With the, with the sour, <laughs> with the sour apple, but mm-hmm. like it's, it's sour it's, apple is one of my favorite flavors. It's refreshing, candy, is it? Yeah, yeah, I like sour, like Jolly Rancher. Like I sour like apple, it, but for some reason they make me cough. I don't know what. Yeah. The is. yeah. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Saratoga, Saratoga Springs would be a good road trip, fellas. If we ever wanted to do it, um, it's not a, it's not an easy way to fly there. But if we did a, a road trip there, it's, 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 it's nice. There. I don't think I want to go. <laughs> like, yeah, it's 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 kind of. Yeah, it's kind of weird location to get there. So, yeah. but All right. be dope. Sounds like. Oh. Get out. Okay. Two planes. That's cool. Two planes, a train, and a hydro boat. Yeah. So may be yeah, it's, it's not easy, especially it's not easy to get there. Mm. Yeah, but artisanal, the they've, they've been doing all right with the, with the stuff that I have from them so far. But yeah. this is. This where is they out of? Did you, did you mention that? Yeah, yeah Saratoga. Where they out of? Did you mention it? That's where we was just talking. Saratoga. New York. Saratoga. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, never mind. Don't even worry about it. I feel like I like you sure that Gatorade not spiked? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I said I said I wasn't drinking a beer today. You surely ain't drinking hey, Rob, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How are you today, sir? I'm well. Um, what am I drinking? I what am. What are you drinking? What are you drinking on? I am drinking actually another uh, barrel and float joint. Uh, the Man, seeds. Right. Three for, three for five. The seed stalk and root. Uh, is the Cajun Fire and the Brooklyn Brewery um, collab, which is a um, Fineo grain and molasses dark lager. Mm-hmm. So, and it is dark. Um, What's Fineo? What is Fineo? I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it's an African heritage grain, also mm-hmm. called an okay. ancient grain. Um, I knew someone was going to ask me that, so I had to make sure yeah, I had yeah, a look. Yeah, you already know. I'm, I'm hey, 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 he was ready. <laughs> Thank you, bro. He was ready, bro. Right. Nice. He ready. Don't have to get ready. That's baby. right. <laughs> that's because Robert was like, what the hell is that? And he had to yeah, look he's it up. Like, he's like, yeah. I don't know. I know these jokers going to ask. I, I figured it was an African grain, but I wanted to be sure because it, because just because of the can. Well, because it, it said, some, it said um, this invokes the foodways of the Africans and their ancestral lands and in the American South. So I figured that that it had okay. something to do with some of the things. But it is yeah. it's there's yeah. some uh, definitely a heavy molasses uh, flavor to it. I mean it is dark lager right there it is that is mm-hmm. the um color. Um but it is it's it's, it's good. I mean I like lagers and I like dark lagers obviously. I must must like this cuz I enjoyed this so it's past me another so shout out to uh um John and the fellas at uh, Cajun Fire and um 
Right. And Garrett at uh, Brooklyn Brewery. <laughs> Uh, this is um, six point five. Six point five. Were 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 either you were either you surprised that um neither Garrett or John weren't at the Flow Fest? No, because we did they did the collaboration for it. I almost feel like that. I mean, it had to be some conflict. Conflict. We won't have to like you know figure it out, but. I just wondered if anybody knew some inside scoop of why you know they did a collaboration. It well, sounds like well, knows. Well, I know Garrett, Garrett had a, a fire engagement. The hurricane was for the hurricane. Uh, the hurricane. For, oh, oh. Yeah, was at the beer conference. Yeah, so that affected okay. that affected Cajun yeah. Fire, and um, Garrett was going to um, they were going the Denver, to beer the, Denver the Denver Beer Conference. So it was a conflict of uh, schedule for Garrett. Yeah, because remember we would never mind. Yeah. So okay. that so so there were some things that were outside of their control gotcha. that that made them, but they still want to be a part of it. So that so they created yeah, that, yeah. Um, I mean, created the yeah. Uh, so so I, so it was, it was delicious. So mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. All right, yeah, I look yeah. like everybody has great things to sit on as we just, uh, talk more about this uh, documentary and what was the um, the catalyst behind it. So uh, without further ado, I want to thank again. Um, Aaron and uh, Brigitte for coming on, and uh, actually, uh, the, the floor is uh, the floor is yours. <laughs> First of all, who is Aaron and Brigitte? Yes, tell us about the collab, the the couple, the you know the duo. Ooh, okay, let's see. <laughs> so. I started out as an engineering student, um, and this is like in the mid, early to mid nineties in college. And I just one day had a moment, you know, one of those Eureka moments where, where you have an experience and, and it kind of changes your perspective. So for me, it was watching a film that changed my perspective about just my future because the film was about, creating your own destiny and not leaving it to fate's hands. Mm. So I kind of decided at that point that I wanted to, to make other people feel the way I felt when I left that film. Mm-hmm. And the way I could do it is by making films. Mm-hmm. So I kind of fell in love with, with cinema and I kind of started watching more and more and more movies and I quit engineering school and I drove an hour and a half inland we were talking like Florida Space Coast. So I drove inland to Orlando uh-huh. and I went to Valencia College and I got a film associates degree and started freelancing, doing convention work and concert work, you know, because mm-hmm. it's a convention market here in Orlando. Okay. <clears throat> doing commercials and corporate video, nonprofit video, and eventually just started teaching myself how to create videos and direct uh-huh. and produce and edit and stuff like that. Because at Valencia, they taught you how to be a good crew member. So, like, how to mm-hmm. do audio and, and be a camera assistant and work with the lights and you know, very minimal yeah. editing. But but they they did that so that you would be easy to hire right out of school. Because right. they're not going to hire a director, you know, right out of school, but they'll hire a crew member. You can work your way up in, in any branch that you want. Hmm. So, in the late, I'd say, like, early 2000s, that's kind of when I started making documentary films and and i always Mm -hmm. found that documentaries were interesting because they serve a bigger purpose 
Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the more I watched the documentaries and, and fell in love with documentary filmmaking is because, you know, you can amplify voices that are being silenced, right? Mm-hmm. Through your work, you can impact change, mm-hmm. you know, maybe not big, but you can move the needle. You can start conversations by raising awareness. There's mm-hmm. a number of different things you can do in documentary film, which makes that genre so interesting. Um, plus it was, a lot easier to fund documentaries than, you know, going out and making a narrative film where you need actors and a producer a and crew. a bigger crew and all, you know, with docs, you can sure. keep it intimate right. and you can build a relationship with the subjects whose lives you're following and make what's personal to them personal to you. So, you know, that's kind of how I got into doc filmmaking and I'd made a number of features and shorts over the years, starting mm-hmm. around 2003. Mm-hmm. And in 2005, I took a break, went back home because I'm I'm born in Texas, raised in Aruba. She was born and raised in Aruba. So I was going back to visit family mm-hmm. during the Christmas holidays in 2005. And that's where we met. Oh, nice. And started dating. She eventually moved here. We got we, we got married. She moved here, quit her job, moved here. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of believed in you, boy. Woo! <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and and we just kind of. It was an easier move for me. Well, not easy, but you know, work wise, right? You being a filmmaker, documentarian, was better for us to be here than you know back home in back home in Aruba. Oh, okay. Yeah, the yeah. types of all those beautiful in Aruba. I hear. Yeah, yeah, oh it yeah, is, yeah, it is. yeah. And there are a lot of careers in in Aruba that you can have, but filmmaker was was. Tough. Yeah, was tough. You could be like a commercial so. director, right? You know, you could make a good living, but right. being a filmmaker and the making features, you know, documentaries or narratives—that that's that's not the market. Gotcha. Um, and you know, and I was already establishing, you know, my network here mm-hmm. and my experiences here, so yeah. it was easier for her to come here. And she moved, and we 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 came together, and we created like a partnership called two hands 20 fingers yeah. so mm. everything that we do i i direct and edit primarily and she's mm. like the main producer and we bounce ideas off of each yeah. other and mm-hmm. she's my yeah. music so i work easily oh we're a good team right? yeah mm-hmm. okay but she's the boss you know, you <laughs> yeah, we know we already know that we are yeah. you don't got to tell us that she's checking to make sure the story <laughs> correct correct she sat up and said let me make sure you're saying it right am i right am i going off script no 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 you got this yeah she probably give you a little foot tap on you know underneath the camera lens pop pop so and you know she you know I've taught her a lot of technical things know, through, too through the years you know I mean I've learned some things as well about filmmaking documentary uh-huh. producing you know that that side of it as well so um, mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. P- producing what what does that entail well I mean you need to make sure that first of all you have the money right to do what you need to do budget <laughs> is involved um, you know um, looking for the location. Um, Contacting people, you know, just the the, the production part of yeah. it as a test, you know, producing the production. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's all that logistics yeah. and and right. making sure the bills are paid and making sure you're okay to film where you need to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of times it's also very big picture yeah. conceptual. Yeah, mm-hmm. like this idea that I have or someone else on the crew has 
ultimately work. Yeah. When mm-hmm. it come, you know, when it you know lands in the audience's yeah, and eyes. Also, and also when you're he, well, he's the editor as well, right? So when he's editing, so we've been filming for four years, right? Okay. So films, so we have a lot of footage. So mm-hmm. yes, we're gonna put a lot of things yeah. in there. And when he's so focused on editing, at some point you kind of have to step back and say, will this work? And that's where I can give my input as well because right. I have a different perspective. Right. On it, right? Like a fresh perspective yeah. <laughs> on the whole thing. Yeah. Now, now we've heard, heard about. I don't know if this is early on, a, early in the conversation to ask, but you said four years of footage. How do y'all narrow that down into an hour and a half? Like that's. <laughs> so, so. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question, dude. Right? Yeah, so basically, I, I'll walk you through it real quick. So we started, it, it was like production slash <laughs> research and development on the same trip during Fresh Fest year one mm-hmm. summer of 2018 okay. and, we, and we went out there to kind of meet people whose stories we might want to follow and, and you know anyone who, you know of anyone who wanted to participate in the film and, and also to kind of experience the first ever black beer festival which we were surprised right. never had been done before mm-hmm. so think right. about that so 2018 19 20 and and 21 we're shooting all those years, so we, we, we cast the film, and Fresh Fest was also like a fourth character, because you have three main brewers. Right. And it's just, you at some point, you just gotta start making like a creative outline, because mm-hmm. you know what you have, and it's like, okay, what scenes do I have with, with these brewers, and mm-hmm. what's, and you have to kind of construct, a, you know, kind of impose a three-act structure like a narrative film has, Okay. It flows, and maybe there's some kind of transformation that you can show mm-hmm. by the end of the film, or at least show that there's progress. Don't you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And, and and you know, get get dramatic conflict out. All those things you just got to kind of lay it out on paper mm-hmm. okay. and structure it that way before you actually start editing. But it's, it's so are you? So are you like outlining? what you want kind of the documentary to be first, right? And then making sure that when you're in those, when you're in that environment that like, okay, I got to go after this shoot, this this shot or this, you know, okay, this setting or whatever. Okay. It's roughly like that because some of it, you're just hunting and gathering because you really mm-hmm. don't know what's going to happen. You might yeah. have some, hopes and desires when you're out shooting, but it doesn't always pan out that way. Yep. Right. And once you get the footage back, you're looking at it and like, okay, uh, okay I can use this. And, that. and you, you know, you kind of yeah. update what you have. This is the market and this is the mm-hmm. best stuff. And that goes in its own folder. And you, you kind of yep. keep the best of that stuff and the rest, you just kind of see if you need it. If you don't, you mm-hmm. don't. Um, and then you just, when you're in the moment sometimes and you're capturing something really great, you you know, you feel it. You're like, oh, this is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And those are, I mean, for me, those are ultimately all of the things that ended up in the film. It's like four years, roughly 20-something odd terabytes of footage, mm. right? Um, I used to be able to say 200 hours or 300 hours of tape <laughs>
and it was almost two hours long. And then it was like, okay, so this is going to go out to the film festival circuit. So we got to bring it down to a program-friendly runtime. Mm-hmm. The film festival is going to program this if it's at a certain length because you got to consider the subject matter, the impact. Mm-hmm. And, well, how many festivals are going to want to get into this whole beer thing for two hours? Okay. They might do it for 80-something minutes. Mm-hmm. What we ended up with. Just a, just a smidge under an hour and a half, officially. Okay. Yeah. So, and that's a very friendly theatrical viewing experience we find sitting in a theater. Mm-hmm. You get it all. It's great. A streaming friendly and a festival friendly runtime. Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of where we landed. Yeah. Um, okay. Just to, to, to backtrack, because uh, Lou took us to question 117 on the question sheet. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but I know um, Aaron had told us about uh, his love of filmmaking and how he got there, but we didn't go to Brigitte in terms of how, were you already, a, did you already like filmmaking or was it something that uh, he seduced you into filmmaking? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> she, she, she adopted it. She gave up her job. She said, it just, it just happened gradually. Yeah, it just happened gradually. Okay. My background in Aruba, I was doing um, film and communications for the government, <laughs> immigration okay. office. I mean, still... You know, trying to be as creative as you can be in that type of role. Yeah. But filmmaking was more, yeah, after we got married and, you know, through the years, yeah. it okay. happens. Okay. Now, now, I'm about to pull a dev on everybody because I see two awards behind your shoulder. Hey. <laughs> Is that, hey, that, hey. that two awards? That are two awards right there? We're background watchers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to cover this. <laughs> yeah, let's see. So Why? Um, Why cover it? Yeah. It's there. You earned it. You can grab it. Let me show you this one. So, so the, the the ones that are not behind me are the ones that were the most proud. Oh, okay. Which are our Emmys. Oh, fancy, fancy. Yeah. We got every winner. <laughs> I thought that was an Emmy. it up there so I can use it as a motivator. Right. Because ah. where you're sitting now. Got it. Yeah, and I have a wall with framed ones that I didn't want to get nominated for, so it just keeps uh. fueling me. Mm. Okay, nice. That is what's, amazing. What's, now, what year? That? What year is that Emmy? And and what this does the front of it say? Two thousand and eight. Two thousand eight. I never. I've never seen an Emmy this up close and personal. So you got to say, it. read what's on the front, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm intrigued. <laughs> this is a big deal. Yeah. So, full disclosure, because mm-hmm. I'm I'm not ashamed to share this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a regional Emmy. It's from the Suncoast region. So sure, sure. the Suncoast region covers. Florida, Puerto Rico, parts of Georgia, Alabama, and Louisiana. Okay. Um, and this was for work that I did within the region. So yes. the, the national Emmy, the ones that you see, the daytime, daytime news and documentary, those are a little, little bit bigger. bigger. Yeah. They're a little bit yeah, bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. But it's the exact same design. <clears throat> yeah. Got it. Um, same design. We are looking at a regional. I'm just catching Lou up. We're looking at a regional Emmy um, Lou in front of us right now. Just, yeah, I just seen that. Emmy. That's awesome. It's an Emmy. Yeah, yeah regional beautiful. or national, international. It's, it's an, an Emmy. Emmy. God damn it. That's, That's awesome. beautiful. Yeah, congratulations. Let me know what I'm saying Emmy. And the only person who would know it would be you. Plaque on the wall. I don't care if it's if it's gold or platinum. It's that plaque from Billboard. Yeah, and you know what? If, if you wouldn't have said what type of Emmy it was, I wouldn't have known. Right, I would have but, said it's an Emmy. No, no, no. But, it, but it, it's, it's awesome. It, anyway, 
So he had to watch him put it up there. Be careful. Right, right where I had it. You made me lose my turn. Make sure you got it turned and tweet the way I had it. You know what? You know what? That's all. Never mind. As long as it's right. Go back. Go back now. Yeah. So what was that? Those are my motivators to continue to do the best work I can possibly do which is why I didn't just whip up this film and put it out in the world. I wanted to make mm-hmm. sure it was the right moment mm-hmm. um, because we, we had a very, di- you know, y'all have seen the film and we had a very different oh. film um, that we were cooking up or- originally. Mm-hmm. And then things just weren't working the way I had hoped for. Like, you know, Dev mentioned about the outline. It was like, we had kind of a different outline and hope mm-hmm. Um and then the pandemic happened, and then that really, in a weird way, made the film better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, it so took it in a whole different direction because the beer industry went in a whole different direction after that. Right, right, right. So, so speaking of that, what even made you say, "I want to do a documentary about uh, black folks and, and and beer"? Like, what made you say, "Ah, that that's an idea or, I want to do"? Or, or as your shirt says, the uh, reshaping of future craft beer in America. I think just broader. I think for us, it started as, you know, um, brown people, right? Going through breweries and mm-hmm. being the only um, people of color in the mm-hmm. room as, as patrons and not mm-hmm. seeing anyone in there as patrons or behind the bar. And I, that just sparked our interest. How, how come? How come it's like that? Why aren't mm-hmm. more you know, of us right. breweries? And that's, I think that, that sparked the curiosity to go in explore and find out more about the industry itself yeah and then you know we did some research and some of those staggering brewers association stats Mm. you know we're like oh one percent is african american it's like really that's it Mm -hmm. and we you know african americans they they drink beer right more than one percent drink beer so Mm -hmm. that's kind of why we, we we wanted to do that and the other thing too is they're you know Beer documentaries is kind of like this tiny subgenre of documentary, and all the beer films feature white brewers. Right. Yeah. Beer. Mm-hmm. beer is great. These are these are the ingredients. Beer is amazing. Here's a white brewer. Blah blah blah. blah, blah. And then Garrett Oliver. And then <laughs> white brewers. And then Garrett Oliver. Right. <laughs> you know, because he's always been gracious in giving an interview for right. a TV, mm-hmm. TV series that deals with beer or films. And, and and then so we we wanted to do something that shined a light exclusively on the black beer experience because we felt it's it was it was time for something like this especially given the the history of of beer making and and mm-hmm. you know rob has the hat that says it all that's it beer is black history mm-hmm. and and very few people in this country know that even mm-hmm. black people who drink beer very right. few know that Mm-hmm. You know, and and, right, and you can right. realize that in Africa today, still a lot of the African countries, they brew beer, women brew beer communally, mm-hmm. you know, and then you look at the the juxtaposition here, it's white males, yeah. right, right. Yeah. right, like mothers and grandmothers and whatnot here, and then white dudes. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's a lot different from four years ago when we started the project in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, so hopefully that'll only mean progress moving forward. But mm-hmm. at the time that we decided to make the film, it was just like, whoa, my goodness. So that's why 
going to Fresh Fest that one in 2018 and, and really for the I first time yeah. seeing yeah. diversity at a beer event. Right. right. Like, you know, there were white people, Hispanics, a lot of black people, but it highlighted black brewers and change your life just like it changed ours. Yeah, it was special, and, it was and we special. realized that it was a, a historic moment for everyone there to witness. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was the reason why we also made like a short documentary just about that event, mm-hmm. which called the Fresh Perspective, which we had sent out. We started sending it out to film festivals as a way to pre-market one pint at a time right. to let festivals know <clears throat> we're expanding this into a feature because there's a lot more to talk about with regards to these issues. And even beyond this film going into next year, we're trying to develop this into like a TV series concept. And, and you know, yeah. so nice. that's, that's maybe jumping ahead in the conversation. But I, 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 think I, know that, I know that when I was looking at the, uh, when I looked at the documentary, I kind of like looked at it and then took out the beer aspect of it. Because even if you take out the beer aspect of it, it's a documentary about what's going on in society, period. Like, not just in the beer industry. It's mm-hmm. everywhere. And so I, I kind of like that, That yeah, it was about the beer, but it, to me, it was more about society, period. Mm-hmm. And so that's what my takeaway from the documentary was. But it also made me think about whether I wanted to brew beer or not. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't, I tried, but... That documentary make you want to really try to get into it. Mm-hmm. For real, for real. Well, not for us, though. It's, it's not work. I'd rather just drink it. It is, it is. Appreciation and admiration for the people who do it, but it's a lot of work. Uh, it is a lot of work. I appreciate that feedback because when, when we were shooting... And that kind of informed a lot of the questions that we would, you know, ask our brewers and folks that we interviewed. Mm-hmm. It really wasn't about what's the favorite kind of beer you like to make and why, and what's your favorite beer you like to drink and why, and the ingredients and da, 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 the minutia, because you're going to lose your audiences. You have to make mm-hmm. it a humanistic story right. that is relatable to right. minority small business owners yeah. in any industry. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And then you have to. You have to think like as much as people drink beer, a lot of people don't. But your the documentary has to be able to connect to those people right. that aren't there for the beer. And what Yoda said, y'all did a good job of just connecting it as a an American story. Yeah, right. at, that expands to Africa. You know. Well, that too, that too, and I, it needs to be. I mean, because for the black audience, right? You know, okay, this is what we go through, right? This is recognizable, maybe. But also for the non-white um, or non-black audience, right? So we want them to see as well. Okay, this is what the experience is like. You know, it's a, have it as a teaching moment, let's say, or right. as well. You know, to teach them more about, hey, this is why it's important for you, maybe as a brewery, to be more open to inclusion and you know a more diverse um, workforce. Now, now speaking of uh, just in terms, of, I know you had mentioned earlier that uh, like Fresh Fest uh, was like the fourth character, but you had. Uh, Alisa from Rhythm Brewing, John from Cajun Fire, and uh, the gentleman from Bazette. I don't know why I can't remember his name. Houston. 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 That's probably Houston. why, because it, it, it was a, a state, a, a city. It might <laughs> throw me off. <laughs> uh, but the, it, what was the, I guess, the initial 
reasoning between between those uh, three individuals? Is it because regionally they were all in different regions? Was it like how did that all come together? Uh, well, Elisa, we had actually interviewed for for a fresh perspective when we took that first trip to Pittsburgh. So she, we already had some stuff okay. with her, and she was very welcoming, inviting us to go to Connecticut and and see you know how she does does her thing. Um, so that was a no-brainer, and the fact that she was, you know, the first black brewer, male or female, in Connecticut, that's even a bigger deal for me. Right, um, right, so, right. And, and her energy and charisma and the fact that she's a, you know, a professional dance choreographer, mm-hmm. of, you know, Latin dance. I mean, this is all <clears throat> these layers of, of it, it just that I saw that it would play well on screen, and as you saw mm-hmm. some of the, you know, the, the salsa school and all that stuff it's like it's just uh-huh. you see that brewers not all brewers do this full time they have right. other jobs they have to right. balance multiple, multiple jobs passions. yeah and then all right. these dimensions right. personal lives and family and whatnot mm-hmm. so that was her houston it was because we met houston um at a festival that we went to literally the week after we got back from fresh fest in 2018 uh-huh. we took a quick break we went to tampa for the halfway there festival which is a festival they put on halfway between each tampa bay beer week every year okay so it's usually in august and we went there and it was just one of those things again him and us and maybe two or three other people at this yeah. big beer event were the only people of color yeah, so we hit yeah. it off. We we just shoot the breeze, and we, we connected over Zoom, and we just talked. Well, well Zoom well, it wasn't Zoom at the time. It was more like Skype because this is 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we talked. We developed a relationship. I we went and visited him in his at his home, where where as you saw in the film, he was brewing out of his home. Yeah. Right. Yes. So, you know, and, and he was like, yeah, but I've had this brand, my partner and I've had this brand for four or five years. Mm-hmm. So that's that's already, for me, the interesting about the documentary is you get to document something that happens from point A to point B and you get to show the progress. Right. So right. The fact that he was, I'd say, only the third or fourth black professional brewer in the state of Florida, um, that we could show his journey and, yeah. and talk about some of the struggles and and kind of, you know, celebrate whatever, you know, the successes that, that you see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with John, it was more, I love New Orleans personally, just <laughs> culturally, I love it. We've been there a great place to, to go. It's so dynamic, vibrant, and this, not even Mardi Gras stuff, just mm-hmm. to go. Right. It's, it's, it's a world onto its own. Hot love of culture, you know, people just. Yeah, the music, all the, the history. Music, everything. Yeah. The, the Indian uh, culture. Just a, just a sidebar. I felt like I felt like New Orleans was a guest star in the movie or in the uh, documentary. Just for uh, like, I didn't know. I, I've never been to New Orleans, and I didn't know that like people that live in New Orleans don't hang out in the French Quarter, and that there's a East New Orleans, and that he met a like. I, it was just everything was in the French Quarter in my mind. Like you go to New Orleans, that's the only place. <laughs> right, right. And right. he was like, no tourists go there. That's true. <laughs> and, right. it, and like, and it's just to show me. To, for you guys to show his town, his mm-hmm. area where he grew up, that where his wife, him and his wife met, like that was just, that was really nice to, to see the backdrop yeah. of New Orleans. Like you've never, like I've never personally like seen it. Like you see the pictures before Katrina, after Katrina, in the French Quarter. 
that's all I ever mm-hmm. see about New Orleans. But now I got right. to see East New Orleans. I got to see where John's from, where his wife is from. It was it was that was personalizing okay. of the uh, of the documentary. New Orleans was it felt like the it's, every time New Orleans is in a documentary, it's the guest a guest uh, uh, guest star, and it definitely was with that one too. So I like that. Cool. Yeah, and actually, that's all. Actually, how John and I linked up is, you know, this was one of the goals for making the the short doc that we did at Fresh Perspective because he's not in the short doc. But okay. I, after we produced the short doc and it started doing well on the festival circuit, I shared that with all of the business cards that I had from Fresh Fest, right? So everyone on those business cards that, that did a big blast, like, hey, it's out in festivals. Mm-hmm. I just want to let you, you got whoever was in it. Thank you. This is this is how we we want to keep this conversation going. By the way, we're expanding this into a film. We want to be done in the next couple of years. Let me know if you're interested. And he reached. He was the first person to reach out, and he told me his whole story about being the first black-owned uh, brewery in the the South. I'm like, what, really? Mm-hmm. Back to, to 2011 that they incorporated. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. Yeah, and right. and then he's like, "Yeah, and I don't even have my facility yet." I'm like, "What?" And then you have all these other breweries that have popped up in the meantime, post Katrina, and they just pop up, pop up, pop right. up. And he's going through all this racial BS, and and, right. and you know, with all these letters of intent that he that he submitted that they're like, "No." And anyway, I don't want to get too much away, but his story was everything leading up. So before I met him, or everything leading up to when I met him, he, they had done some self-documentation, and it was so compelling. Mm. Just being able to add into the film, you know, to, to, to take this, yeah. the origin of his story back to 2011, and then winning that seed funds that they won, right. the, the, right. that grant that they won, and then, you know, you're thinking, okay, here's the brewery. And then, no, they're in an office and they're, you know, they're doing their thing. So, no, I'm not giving too much away. <laughs> Just the right amount. Just the tease. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, when you say she was the boss. <laughs> and that was one of the, the guys that people who saw the film, they're like, I'm rooting for this guy. Right. Yes. Yes. So I'm I'm curious to know um, if your 2018 uh, Fresh Fest journey also coincides with your craft beer introduction. Um, What year did craft beer, you know, kind of become like when did it spark your curiosity? Was it 2018? Was it a bit back farther? Um, and, and what, what, what really, what, what really gravitated you to, to so, about craft beer? So, I had tried craft beer a long time ago. It's like I remember having like purple haze, and I was like, nah, what, oh, this oh. But this is like years and years. Right, ago. right, right. And then. We took a Christmas New Year's trip to San Francisco, and that's when we started drinking some. To what at the time we felt like it was obscure. What is this? Mm-hmm. But we figured it's an adventure. Why not do it? Um, but a few months after that, when it really hit, another aha moment for us was we went to Asheville, which was recently crowned mm-hmm. Beer City. Right. Mm-hmm. And I and and you know, and that was the first time that I had a flight of beer. It's like oh. Mm-hmm. You 
you know, th this amount of beer, yep, yep. Like a bunch of them, and then you can have a pint of that. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Let's do it. So I had a right. Farmer Ted's cream ale from Catawba mm. Brewing, and it was subtle, sweet, you know, creamy. I'm like, oh, this, ooh, this is really delicious. Mm -hmm. And that just kind of, that whole vacation, we were just going around. Like, all you, the you, were, you were sprung. You were sprung, basically. Yeah, it's just, what year would you say around about? That was 2014. That's 2014. Got it. Okay. And then the whole thing with, with just noticing that we were among the only people of color in tap rooms, mm -hmm. um, I would say it was more like 2016, 2017, yeah. mm -hmm. because the idea for the project was spawned in 2017. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we were like, yeah, this, mm -hmm. this needs to be discussed. The one, the one thing that, um, it isn't something that I just noticed, but I'm I I that I've noticed uh, just with craft beer and breweries, um, there is still that there's 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 the there's the environment of just beer and brew and you know and alcohol, but the brewery vibe gives you that family feel, like where you don't feel like you're just there to just kind of socialize or go to a pub where the old school way was just to, you know, sit at a bar, have a smoke and like eat peanuts out of a bowl. It, it be, it's become more of this, you know, Hey, look, everyone's invited. We have some soft rules of like, uh, you know, you can bring your family, but like after a certain time of night or day, like we would appreciate if you, you know, uh, you know, tick, 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 you know, send your kids to bed. But it's still, even the environment, even after that, is still uh, cool, chill. It's not, it, it doesn't get rambunctious or rowdy. It's not like even the crowd changes. It just becomes just like that kind of, again, that kind of mature night. Like, what did you experience? That That's my experience. So what did you experience, like, for the first time going into some of those breweries? I think, I think it's exactly what you said. And and again, I mean, we've never, we never, other than being the only brown people in there, let's say, we never felt out of place. Everybody was welcoming, friendly. You know, you hang out, you talk to strangers, and then you leave and never see them again. Right. Conversations. Um, yeah. As far as being family friendly, I really depend. I think it depends where you are. Where you are. You have a brewery that's downtown. I'm sure you get a different, um, you know, clientele yeah. that you have a brewery um, in the suburbs. Right, yeah, where it's yeah. very family friendly, even at ten o'clock at night, sometimes, which is annoying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it varies, it varies, but um, yeah. that's been our experience as well. And from what I know, I think breweries, tap rooms have always been historically like a gathering place. Yeah, so I think that's what um, makes it attractive as well. Mm -hmm. mm. It's it just you know, look. After a while, you have let's say random, random yeah. number seven, eight beers, and you get <laughs> and you look around, you're like, hmm, everyone else is tipsy too. Just, it, I'm sure you get it, just a slight discomfort sometimes. You're like, yeah. you're like mm, you know, and it just, it just. <laughs> what that's, your, what that's your discomfort noise? <laughs> yeah. I'm a little uneasy about yeah, this. I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. And then, you know, we figured, well, maybe there are other people out there that feel the same way. And turns mm -hmm. out, you know, when you ask Dave Bracey, co-founder of Fresh Fest Now Barrel and Flow, mm -hmm. 
um, he, he said that the reason that they um, started the festival is because they were sick and tired of being the only black people in Tapro. Right, absolutely. He says that right. every time. Right. Um, and I was like, okay, I could, I could say we made this film because we wanted to help in that goal. That. You know, and, yeah, diversification, mm-hmm. any way we can help. Ownership, patrons, you know, any way that, that this film can, can affect someone's <coughs> stance is, you is, know, why, is why we're doing it. You know, I noticed that Bridgette says she didn't feel, get that point where she feels uncomfortable in the brewery. But I'm pretty sure that you made other people feel uncomfortable in the brewery. Mm-hmm. You may not have known it, but a lot of times you may just be that type of person. Like me, myself, I'm the type of person that I don't care if somebody else, I'm not uncomfortable because I'm just me. Like, I'm just doing me. But I know that my presence sometimes makes other people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Not that I care, mm-hmm. but I know that they're uncomfortable. So I know that you you say, uh, nah, I, I don't get to the point where I feel uncomfortable, but sometimes it's people in those in those spaces that are uncomfortable with you being there. Yeah. They just ain't going to say nothing to you because they can't. But maybe, maybe that's what I was feeding off of. Because oh, that's, right, yeah, right. that's, yeah, that's probably, that's that's probably what happened. It, it, it's the subtle, it's very subtle. It's something as subtle as they could look at you quick and like look away, you know, or you maybe, know. maybe the three of us had this talk at Barrel and Flow. So I'm, it's as subtle as me sitting at the bar, having a beer. There's a, let's say, a, a white dude sitting next to me. I walk in, he says, hi, but we don't talk. Another white dude comes in, brand new, sits down, and they yap yeah, it out. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, what's oh, the difference between you and I? Right. Mm-hmm. There you go. What? So, right. so that's what Yoda's saying. Then I pick up that vibe. That vibe, yep. At that point. Yeah. Right. The guy who walked in fresh, he'll talk to me. But the guy next to me still won't talk to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, right. like, yeah, you know, but mm-hmm. he won't make an effort. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's those things that I think it's mostly what I'm picking up on. Gotcha. Not, Any... not like overt, like racist stuff. It's right, just, right. It's some microaggressions. Man. And then it's funny because the guy that, that said when you walked in, he said hello to you that was already there. He only said hello because he felt like that was his way of saying Oh, I'm not uncomfortable with you being here. But really, right, he was saying, right. I'm uncomfortable <laughs> with you being here. He's just like doing what his mama told time to do. It. Yeah, right, you know, right. yeah. Oh, oh, hi. Go through the, mo- go through the motion. <laughs> That's crazy. So, so, given it four years is where you are, and, and sorry if I'm jumping around, like, where, where do you, like, back to even part of Lou's question of, like, how do you try to fit this all together? Like, what would you say is the um, the timeline of when we will, you know, get to you know witness it in in, it in its entirety, or you know, um, yeah, yeah, like when we get to witness it in its entirety. My favorite question of the day. <laughs> so actually, we are having the world premiere, world theatrical premiere at the Heartland International Film Festival next Sunday. Oh. At, and at three fifteen, and in, in, in Indianapolis, uh, everything's happening next weekend, right? We've been talking about this all week, guys, right? 
Yeah. yeah it's, that time of the, it's that time of the year. Tis the season. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, it, it'll stream on the, I think it's the 10th. So let's see. Yeah, the 10th. Saturday. And it'll screen again, same theater, CanCan Cinema Brasserie on the 16th. And we have that we have that info currently on our Instagram page and I believe okay. our Twitter page as well. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, it'll be participating in about twenty plus film festivals between nice. October nice. and November. Nice. And okay. A combination of uh, in person theatrical screenings as well as virtual screenings. Okay. So so folks that are unable to be at certain festivals. If that mm-hmm. festival has a virtual component mm-hmm. and you live in the States, you can buy a ticket and watch it in the comfort of your your home on your big screen. Okay. Nice. You know, so we can ex- you to come to the cinema because we understand a lot of folks are yeah. still a little uncomfortable, but we hope you will consider coming. Right. But we're trying to be at as many of these events as it makes sense to be in terms of where we can actually physically travel and go to because there are events that we have that are overlapping. So we had to maybe go with the first one that invited us so we can confirm and be there. Mm -hmm. But we will be at some of these festivals and you'll, you know, you'll get to talk to us just like this about the film, maybe about some of the issues in the film, Mm -hmm. have a beer, make it whatever you want. So we we can expect to see this on Netflix on <laughs> That's right. Aim high, yo. Put it out there. Put it out there. Netflix, Amazon Prime. Amazon right. Prime. I, 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 have an, I have an idea. I have an idea that I want to share with you guys. Um, you know, after the show. So, you know, to that, like that's 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 dope. Speaking of um, the streaming platforms, though, you know what was what was funny? Uh, nothing to get you to because we just met at the, at the <laughs> <That's> so, <okay. laughs> but when I, when Rob was like, yeah, he wants to check it out and he sends me the link. I'm like expecting because I've seen documentaries done by people that I know. Mm-hmm. And I was expecting for more like a quote unquote bootleg looking, uh, <laughs> 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 like, you know, I, I don't true, mean, right? be transparent. Yeah, yo, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I was expecting to, to look at something that looked like a homemade documentary, right? Mm-hmm. No, sir. I, yeah, I didn't expect it to be so professional. So when I'm watching it, I'm, <laughs> when I'm watching it, I'm like, yo, like this is a, oh, this is this type of documentary. You like, captivated. It made me automatically think of Netflix. And, it's legit. Yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely legit. legit. It's Good. definitely legit. Because I think I even told Rob when I seen him, I'm like, yo, I thought this was going to be some old, just some homemade documentary, but Totally the opposite. Totally mm-hmm. the opposite. That's you guys, yeah, you, yeah, definitely. Great, you great feedback. Now, now, I had a question. Just going back a little bit because I know you said you thought. Well, two questions actually. Uh, you sure. thought about the ideal. Uh, it came to. I guess came to. Uh, thought about it in 2017. You said, and then the fresh press, fresh press uh, popped up in for 2018. Did you were like okay? Well, I definitely am on the right idea. This is definitely an idea that actually has some legs to it. Is that or it was just something that happen to be like, oh, okay, because you actually were there in 2018, so was there something that just said, you know what, this shows me that I'm on the right path on, on this documentary? That That's exactly it. Just the fact that, you know, you start researching whatever s- statistics are out there. You also try, you know, maybe research what's local to you mm-hmm. because that's easier to access than traveling all over the place. 
um, you know, budget, you got to consider budget too. You know, that's one of the reasons why we don't have someone from the West Coast in the film. But we, you know, we've been told that it would still be a relatable story anyway. So the folks that we ended up with is what we needed to end up with. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it really did because we we were researching, going around Orlando, Tampa Bay, um, figuring out, oh, where are there black-owned breweries or minority-owned breweries or you know women brewers and just calling up as much info as we could, mm-hmm. and you know, and that takes some time because we both have you know jobs, so it's like do it on our spare time, right? Right. Merchant and. One of the brewers that I had befriended locally, she's part of the Pink Boots Society, and she was brewing with her Pink Boots on. I just like curious, like what, what's with the Pink Boots thing? And she told me, and I liked the Pink Boots Facebook page with the intention of digging deeper at some point when we're ready. And then, like literally, I don't know, maybe a week or so after I'd liked the page, mm-hmm. they shared an article about the upcoming Fresh Fest. And that landed mm. in my Facebook feed. Mm. So it's that AI that's at work that's right. that yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was like, whoa, the first Black Beer Festival yeah. in history, we, we, we got to go, at least just to, just to go and meet people. Right, right. And, and like Rob says, it's make sure we're, we're going to take the right path moving forward. Mm-hmm. And the church did yeah. from that point forward. Nice. So we lost. We we you may have re- realized we lost Lou because he's coaching. He's at a his son's basketball tournament, but he was able to text this question to us uh, that before he dropped off. And I'm going to ask the question, but I'm going to clean it up a little bit because I think I understand what he's saying. He said, "Please ask how COVID and the Black is Black is Beautiful campaign affected the movie." So. I have a kind of question weaved into that is, as you can see, like more and more films and more things that we see that's on the screen or the streaming in general, we're seeing trick, we're seeing it trickled into documentaries and the movies to actually capture this moment in history in this period of time. Um, Black is beautiful, obviously came during the the time of of the pandemic Um, and Will we get to see pieces of that in the film sprinkled in there? And 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 and, and again to to Lou's question, how will how was it? How did it affect the movie? So it, uh, as I think I mentioned this earlier, um, wasn't sure if he was with us at the time, but um, it affected it, the film in a good way. Mm. I mean, in 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 a bad way because it. Obviously, it wasn't planned, right. but but in a good way because it added. We just needed to keep going, and and it added another layer of dramatic conflict to their stories because they mm-hmm. had to weather the storm. Right. We're right. talking about folks that are trying to open breweries in the midst of this pandemic and all of these policies that are being handed down from the government, right from lo- from state and local governments about. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, you got to have a food license in order to sell beer. And it's like, what the hell? I don't have that kind of space here. I don't have the money for that. So it's like all these things that were happening. So it just made the film more dramatic. And I think it will help place people when they see it, like back in that time. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I know what they all lived through it. 
Yep. You know, we all, oh my goodness, you know, look at what they had to deal with. Mm-hmm. In terms of Black is Beautiful, that provided for us a, 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 a way to show the industry coming together, um, especially all the collabs that happened mm-hmm. in a beautiful way. To, you know, something that we've never seen prior to this. Yes, we saw the all together. Um, there was resilience, I think, right? Was another one. I think, yeah. This far outgrew. Yeah. It's yeah. the biggest yeah. craft beer initiative, I think, in history. And just to see how everyone was like awakened. It was, mm-hmm. Everyone was making the beer and giving this money away <laughs> to people that needed it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and collabing and giving more money away and um, starting. Uh, internships targeting the IPOC, right? So making sure they can do more than just, oh, we're just going to make this beer and and that's it. We've done our part. No, doing more. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to capture that. So we had, I think we ended up shooting with over 20 breweries across the country and we just picked the best of the best and added it into the film. Mm Now, now another question I had that 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 I guess um, now with all the the film festivals that uh, you are are, are going to be a part of, um, and I think you had mentioned that you want to turn uh, some of this information into a, a television series. Is that is that what you said? So how do, how does that work? How do you keep both hats on? I guess in terms of focusing on promoting the the film, but also thinking ahead and like, well, this is what I want to do next. Like, how does that work? Is that when a producer comes in more involved, <laughs> like, yeah, this is how we keep on task. Well, one of the the most important things, actually, when you go to film festivals is you always have to have your next project or two or three, at least in mind okay. or kind of in development, in development, because audiences and programmers and even peers that you network with and meet at these events, they want to know what's next. They're like, mm. oh, my God. Your film is great. What are you doing next? Because then you have a loyal follower. Right. Or even a producer or someone who, who might rep one of these streaming platforms, they're going to want to know. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, if, I'm, if we're going to invest in your talent just for this doc, what, what are we getting? Can we get mm-hmm. a doc? Can we get more docs? Can we get a series? Can we get more series? So we're kind of lining those ducks up so when we go – to places like Heartland and other events where, you know, there, chances are there will be some kind of representation from some of these platforms present. And if we can get some FaceTime with them, we can, we can pitch them what we're up to. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit informally, but then set up something more formal for later after the fact, you know, mm-hmm. at least make that initial contact and we mm-hmm. can give them the quick elevator pitch. Hey, this is, you know, this, uh, project does this, and we want to expand it because there are, you know, stories of Native American breweries and Hispanic and Latinx breweries and and female owned and and you know transgender owned breweries. I mean, right. there's so many stories that to be told, and a lot of them are beautiful stories. So why not? Absolutely, that sounds like um, sounds like a good time. <laughs> Work. Work. <laughs> So end to end, did you did you say earlier? I remember you said you were trying to get this within like a eighty some minute um, documentary. Is is that is that correct? That that once it is officially released, that it'll be um, eighty eighty to ninety minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
right. It's 89 minutes right now, and I don't see it getting any shorter or any longer. There's nothing we can leave out of it anymore. Yeah, there's no director's cut. I would say this is the director's and the producer's cut. And, mm -hmm. and, and, if, and if the way that, you know, thankfully, um, the way festivals have been responding to this version of it, Mm -hmm. There's really no reason yeah, to touch it. Yeah. Just Wonderful. let it fly. Mm -hmm. Let it sling it across the bar. It... <laughs> <laughs> oh. Right, I agree because it, it, like I said, it all, I th it looked like a finished product to me. So it it's done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's awesome. it, it was, it was, it was good. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the, uh, uh, the documentary for sure. I um, enjoyed like like the personal touches in terms of the emotional stories in terms of what even the personal story that they had in terms of like with John and, and even just going through the, like he was, when he was walking through the, by the, I guess the old movie the theater, building. I guess that yeah. was what that was. Yeah. Uh, and talking about that, some of the, his, his uh, favorite quotes and even just seeing, um, Elisa in doing the, the Latin dancing. So you had the, it was not just beer, it was just the whole, I guess, um, human experience, uh, uh documentary into it. So I am really, Totally enjoyed it uh, thoroughly, so um, I just want to give y'all a, a hand clap for that. And, and I'm excited for people to, that, especially one of these, um, these excited for other people to ex uh, experience it and see it, uh, especially from this uh, Emmy Award winning director. <laughs> right. Yes. Look at you. Yes. Look at you. Um, uh, right. Well, I, I don't even. I think we asked, what did you win the um the Emmy for though? Like what projects was it? So I have five. Okay. Um, yeah. And Wait, I you got five projects or five Emmys? Five Emmys. Oh, okay. Why well, wasn't <laughs> yeah. out here? Are you sure you got? <laughs> yeah, you supposed to hold on. Yeah. Well, she was the one that was carrying them, so she would have been like, "No, nah, we're just taking this one." Yeah, she got <laughs> <hands. laughs> Four magazine television shows that I produced, and a couple of documentaries that I've produced. Mm -hmm. So that's basically what those are for. Has yeah. this been the the long this uh, the the one pint at a time been your longest documentary or longest project? Let me put it that Actually, way. Actually, yeah. Long, in terms long, of runtime, run, yes. Runtime, run you mean like okay? Run, 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 run time in years to put it together. Yeah. So my, you're like this story. So my debut documentary, yeah. which I filmed almost entirely in Taiwan, wow. um, that took 10 years to complete. Oh, wow. Wait, where's that at? I need to see that. I'll, I'll send you a link. <laughs> yeah, yeah, send it. And ten yeah, that took 10 years. Wow. It's a gentleman. Start, it was a, start to finish. Yeah, it's a gentleman. Well, we, we were also trying to raise money. So mm. there was a lot of time blown doing that. Mm -hmm. But when we finally got some funds, we went. Um, but it was uh, a young man who I met here. He's an Asian-American dude, very nice guy. And he had lost his mom to cancer. And he took her back to Taiwan in spirit because they were from Taiwan. They were an army family. They bounced around the country. Mm -hmm. um, and he took her back in spirit. And when he went to reunite with his relatives that he hadn't seen in forever, we discovered that they weren't like the traditional, like from mainland China. They weren't related culturally to mainland China. They were related to indigenous, indigenous tribes that he didn't even know existed wow. in Taiwan. Wow. That these cultures were disappearing. 
because all of these elders that had these original facial tattoos, they were dying off one by one. Like they mm. were because they were like in their 90s, 100 years old. Blah, blah, blah. So I followed him and his wife and brother on that journey. Oh, that sounds like a, a wonderful uh, documentary, too. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'll send you a link. We were yeah, in the you got to. It's called Voices in the Clouds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Voices okay. in the Clouds. Yeah, I, I would like to watch that. I guess here for documentary. I guess my final, my, my, I guess my final question. I don't know if anybody else has one, but who came up with the name "One Pint at a Time"? I did. Okay, is that cause yeah, that how you just? Eight, I mean, because that's how you drink it at the bar. One pint at a time. You said <laughs> once you get to eight, to, that's the best way to make change. There you go. It's, it's, yeah. it's one pint at a time. You have a pint, mm-hmm. you, you know, and, oh, it, and in that pint, there's a lot of culture and history and stuff that went into that making that point all right there it is think about that like that 1946 that that drank is just incredible you know there's a story there right yeah so i I like that just that idea of things changing or or like the future being reshaped one point at a time Mm -hmm. and and just just the, the the mere fact that these black brewers are in this film. They're doing what they're doing. They're, they're existing in this space of craft beer. They are the ones and the one, the other ones, the experts too, like beer culture and Dr. J and then pink boots. They're all together mm-hmm. reshaping the future of, of the beverage. So, so they're all the pints. Oh, I guess. Yeah. I guess you got a taster though so one taster at a time tonight <laughs> um all right any more questions for uh no Aaron or well, i just finished my beer i just finished my pipe i don't have any more questions but i i will say congratulations on the project Yes, and, yes. And, and I wish you guys the best of luck with yes. getting it to where you guys want it to be. All right, we definitely want to see it on uh, Amazon Prime or Netflix or Apple, uh, and oh, I'm some it's a million streaming platform. Somebody said right anything, well, but you're mentioning the right ones. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I was about to say everything but Tubi. But <laughs> <laughs> like I, I want to see it not only because I want to see you guys, uh, you guys succeed even further than what you have. And not only just because it's a good story, but so I could also say, oh, I know them. <laughs> <laughs> Selfish reasons. I so anytime I do an interview, I'll be like, yeah, so you know uh, one pint at a time? Yeah, I know them. <laughs> <laughs> right, so uh, so so when you're getting that... Uh, Cause they, well, it's a it's a Fuji film, so now it's, it would be in the running for an Oscar type of thing. So you'd be like, oh yeah, Oscar yeah, winning. It, it would be more of like, well, that, it would take a lot for us to be eligible for an Academy Award. But yeah, speaking of new existence, would, it would be eligible for like a national Emmy. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're gonna we're gonna cost a lot of money to submit, so we'll see. Right. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna well well speaking of that, uh, and I guess we can go, there's. Like if somebody wanted to uh, like support the movement, I know you have on T-shirts. Uh, like, can people buy merchandise, or is there a way they, they can um, help help support any of the projects you're going through? Yeah, but um, yeah, I do want to make a page where people you know can support, donate anything because right now you know the film is finished, right? But right. we still 
do a lot of the marketing. Right. You know, right. get the distribution. So we are working up on sending, uh, setting up a funding page, let's say, for that. Okay. And um, yeah, I would say, though, that um, just follow us on all the social media, as it says there on the screen, at One Fine Film. Um, the major ones, you can find us under that um, name. Also, um, onepintfilm.com, that's the website. I actually should be finishing up the screenings page today. And hopefully, you know, within the next week or two, set up the funding page as well. Okay. There it is. Nice. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I would, I would like to say, you know, to you guys, thank you for having us, you know, connecting yeah. with us at, at the at the Beer Fest, but also having us on today and and for being ambassadors, you know, for one time. Thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah we definitely enjoyed it. And, hey, if we, we like to support. Yeah. Right, right. I got. Uh, well, that's what she's the she's the closer. Yapping, right. <laughs> and then I just sidestep. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna this part up to her. Nice. That's right. That's what's good, up. Good. Um, good. all right. Um, before we go, we always like to know how people can find everybody. I know uh, Jeet already wrapped up one pint at a time. He's, she said all the platforms you see right there. On your screen, uh, IG, Twitter, Facebook, uh, one, at One Pint at a Time, One Pint Film. Um, Dev, how can they find you? You can find me on Instagram. For everything beer related, Dev Drinks Craft Brew. <laughs> uh, yo? I hate when he says everything beer related. <laughs> but you can find me on Instagram <laughs> at I am 302YODA. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. All right. You said 302 this time. I, I said You've that because well. I said that because uh, Lou Dwayne here. here to, uh, <laughs> so, you, so when the substitute, when there's no supervision, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to get in trouble. <laughs> All right, <laughs> and you can find Bruising Banter Podcast on Apple Podcasts. I mean, yeah, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere there's the podcast, you can follow the page at uh, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, Bruising P on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me, Rob G. There it is, Rob. Stay bruising. You can also go to www.bruisingbanter.com. You can get the merch, find out all the places that we are streaming. Uh, uh, we are on live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch starting today. Today was the first tw- stream we okay. did from, live from Twitch. Twitch. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and nice. next Saturday, we are co-hosting our very first beer fest here in Delaware. There it is. For all of our viewers, listeners. That's right. That's going to be cool. Yeah. 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 We're excited. We're excited. For people who listen, you can still get tickets. I know they're going fast. Uh, But if you want to, the uh, promo code is Brew Crew. You can save 10% 10 on the ticket as well. Um, This has, uh, once again, I want to thank Brigitte and Aaron Jose uh, from One Pint at a Time. You got it. For coming through, this is episode one thirty-seven, right? One thirty-seven. I'm pretty sure that that sounds right to me. (laughs) (laughs) I think so. One thirty-seven. Somewhere around there. Until next time, have a good week, everyone. (laughs) Peace. Stick around for our music. Rob is crazy. That's what he normally say. I was just trying. I was just saying. I was just saying. You ain't ready. I was just saying what he was saying. Oh, there we go to music. Uh, 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 whoa. 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 Now I'm switching up my energy.